Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we are back. After only a week without gameplay, we have now been dropped into a new era. What a treat. A new dawn has broken. The first Black Bachelor, season 25. It only took 18 years to get here, but we're here. And tonight's gameplay was stellar, of course. Night ones are always the best. I am, like, fucking giddy. I can't stop smiling. Same. It's like I'm love level four but with this game <laughs> what i've realized because of tonight and i don't know if it's because of oh the God. hyper binge we did the hyper binge where we watched all 24 seasons yeah. of bachelor with the exception of some of season nine but we definitely saw all 24 season ones night ones I, there's just something about the bachelor that's the real deal to me that the bachelorette isn't seeing these players mm-hmm. is so fucking exciting I can barely stand The women it. are just much stronger competitors than the men. Like, holy shit. I couldn't even come up with an error for this episode. We, Me either. We literally just sat here for like 10 Spoiler minutes. Spoiler alert. No error for, for Pace Case. And no error for me. <laughs> I, I have one that is like, I'll, I'll discuss it, but it's not truly an error because yeah. there was no consequence. We're at a level now where everybody is a very good player and some players are that transcendent kind of best player of all time plays. And we will be... Mm-hmm. discussing that but before we get to any of this first of course we have some business to take care of and the first item of business is the funeral for the dwab the dwab is days without a black bachelor we must take this moment to pause and reflect on the loss of something that has been a piece of our show for a very long time as we lay it to rest forever Today, the Dwab is dead. We started counting the Days Without a Black Bachelor early in our show's history as a way to remind ourselves and everyone listening that The Bachelor has employed racist casting practices since its inception on March 25th, 2002. But today, January 4th, 2021 has given us our very first Black Bachelor who presides over the most diverse player pool we've seen in the history of the game. And we hope this is not just an isolated response to the resurgence of this year's Black Lives Matter movement and the subsequent Bachelor Nation diversity campaign, but instead a sign of real change that will continue to exist in our beloved game forever. Dwab, you were never fun but you served your purpose with dignity and we lay to rest in the same manner after 18 years, nine months, and 13 days on this earth. 
6,860 days. Praise, Praise be, be Lord, Lord Harrison. Harrison. Well, how do you feel? The dwab is dead. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, what are we going to end our episodes with now? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out, but... I am proud and happy that the Dwab is dead, honestly. It's a day that I I thought we would see. I, I don't think it's like a this would mm-hmm. never come, but I didn't think it would come this fast, and here we are, and it's very good. And this entire cast was extremely diverse, and I do truly hope that this is something that continues in the franchise. I mean, I feel like I woke up and it's Christmas morning for me. I'm like... I've watched this show since 2002. I was 12 years old, watched season one. So that's 18 years of watching this show. And this is the first time I'm seeing a black man in the role of The Bachelor in my whole life. Some of us have hoped it would have happened earlier. I thought we had a strong shot with Mike Johnson. And we'll get to how they're handling it, but everything that happens in this season for that reason is historic whoever he picks it will be historic and i'm very curious that with the combination of him never doing the show before it's an interesting combination for sure i feel like it would be a huge power move for him if he had just sent home all the white players night one (laughs) just recreated all their earlier Recreated all their earlier seasons in reverse. We need two full seasons with no white women and then a bunch of them with just one or two token white women that go home night one. But with that bit of business taken care of, the Dwab officially dead, we have one other bit of business to discuss before getting into what you came here for, the gameplay analysis. And believe me, there is some Uh rich analysis headed your way. We have to discuss something that happened this past week. There were some players in this season who publicly commented on some of our posts or even in their own posts used some of our terminology, revealing that they listened to our show and that they enjoy it. We had a player make a reel where she was listening to the show. Yeah, in some cases, exactly. Our audio is also being used in some of these posts. Now, over the course of the past week, all these posts were removed. Any of the comments that they made that used any of our terminology, like 4TRR, removed. And let's just say that we have strong reason to believe it was because the producers told them they could not talk about our podcast. Now, this may be some kind of blanket thing that the producers have issued where they can't talk about any other podcast or any non-Bachelor Nation podcast, but I Mm. have a feeling it's specific to us. I have a feeling it's a conspiracy theory. The de-gorification of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm calling it. Yes, the world is being (laughs) degorified. Sincerely, I think that there is this idea that threatens the very premise of The Bachelor, which is admitting that it's a game. And I think the producers don't want any of their players to be admitting it's a game, even though they're obviously doing it all over the screen we saw tonight. Right now, we're in this weird position where we absolutely know players are listening to our show. They may or may not be using the strategies that we talk about. We hope they are. I really want to see 
all the stuff that we've really been putting together and breaking down uh, put to good use by these players. I hope that we do get to see that this season. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, we now know we are kind of the dark secret of the players we are like that harry potter <laughs> magic that was forbidden for them to use now you're doing a millennial reference harry potter there you go i told you i'm the mind of a millennial <laughs> or mind of gen z um i am getting the sense that this is your phantom night one for this season phantom night one you've seen the messages i look i <laughs> I understand there's been a degorification. That is a fact. <laughs> but yeah. here's where I'm differing from you a little okay. bit is that I don't think I don't think it is a targeted thing. And maybe this is very naive of me. But I believe it is more of a hey, you can't promote a podcast on your own page kind of thing. One player simply wrote H4TRR as a comment under a picture that was removed. Is that promoting a podcast? Well, maybe that player is being careful and doesn't want to step over whatever these boundaries that they have are. Absolutely. And we don't want to get any of the players in trouble or anything like that either. We're not using any names, but I sincerely believe we are singled out in this effect. And through striking us down, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first Star Wars, the producers have only made us stronger, oh my God. more powerful, oh no. because now we're taboo. The references are getting older. How dare you? <laughs> Everybody knows Star Wars. It's the Mandalorian. I'm just kidding. Star Wars, that goes, Star Wars goes across generations. You're right. Um, Thank you. No, I just tend to think that clues you tend to go to the conspiracy theory end of things and I'm more you know maybe we should look at different variables what's most <laughs> likely is it the most likely thing that the bachelor producers are targeting us I don't think so 100% probability that's how I see it <laughs> I don't think that what we're doing is so sinister that it would <laughs> require a specific targeted deglorification but I don't think we're doing no. anything sinister at all. I think we're doing great service to the game. We're actually making the show more popular by allowing people to see it for what it is. The beautiful game that has been designed over the course of 25 seasons at this point. I agree. And I, you know, I think we are supporting our beloved game. I know people who say they watch the show just so they can listen to the podcast. So take that. <laughs> powers that be out there <laughs> trying to take us down maybe we'll never find out if there is a true attempt by the producers or production entities to take us down but one thing we do know for sure is players are listening to our show and that means the strategies that we are talking about are going to start being implemented in the game whether it's this season or next season we're now on this path where enough players are aware of us that it has to be shared information amongst that potential player pool. And when you start to see things like young players coming up, getting coached by older players who will know about the show, mm -hmm. you're going to start to see an influx, I think, of the strategies we talk about used in the game. And I'm just saying tonight, we're going to get into it right now. Katie Thurston, I think, may be using some of our strategies. I have no idea, but if I were to craft a limo exit... I would have crafted Katie Thurston's limo exit. It's look. Let's just get into it. Like let's let's 
because it's the first fucking I, thing you see. So right now, <laughs> okay, yeah, we can we can. We're not ahead of ourselves. It is the first exactly. fucking thing we see. We've handled our business, and so now we are going to give you what you came for. This is night one. The grandest of all ceremonies every season of what is the most historic season in Bachelor history, season 25, Matt James. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. I realized I wasn't recording this episode (laughs) when it had already started. Luckily, I was able to salvage it. But I started watching. I was like, what is going on? We're in the middle of a limo exit at the beginning. I was like, oh, fuck. I've, it's cut off. I didn't get the beginning of the episode. I rewound. I call clues. What is going on? He says, I rewound also. Yeah. Well, after I watched it a couple times, I can now confidently tell you what was going on. <laughs> History was being made. We have watched, I'll remind everyone listening, once again, we have watched season one through 24 every night one in a row over the past two and a half, three months. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. In the modern era, all night ones mm-hmm. start with a little promo package of things you're going to see this season. This night one starts with a full scene of one player doing one thing. It's literally a limo exit. By a player named Katie Thurston, who I will remind you I predicted to be the next Bachelorette, coming out of her fucking limo, (laughs) and she is holding a dildo, which they black box, and she has literally stolen the show, and it hasn't even started yet. It's fucking unreal that she was able to pull off this play that forced the producers to put it as the opening of the show, the cold open. This was game breaking we've never seen this happen before we saw a literal player before we saw matt james the bachelor this is supposed to be his season Uh uh-uh this katie thurston season sorry matt james we're seeing katie first and mj the vibrator i truly in this moment got chills And I had the feeling that we might be (laughs) witnessing the greatest player who's ever played the game. Now, I don't know if that's going to bear out to be true or not, but the feeling I got in this moment was she hijacked the whole fucking show. The show has not begun yet. We have not seen the show. And yet, she is the show. It was fucking mind-blowing. And that's how the season started. This is like a fucking one minute in. I thought they were going to do like a usual suspects that movie thing here where they're like here's the scene and then three months earlier like see how you get to it because i was like what are they doing this is out of time and context i had high hopes for katie thurston i had watched her tiktoks i was like she's relatable she is caitlin bristow but for this generation and she's already blown away my high hopes already exceeded expectations i was rendered speechless after seeing the show open in this manner and then we move on and we cut to the dark lord himself standing on the luscious red carpet at nema colon 
Already, we are very clearly not at La Quinta anymore. He's standing in front of what looks like a fucking (laughs) castle. This is opulent, extravagant in the way Bachelor should be. The way we like our game. It's back. I was fucking overjoyed to see the facade of Nima Colon and to see DLH standing there. I mean, he even looked like DLH. At La Quinta, he looked old and fucking tired. He even got out of La Quinta. He was like, fuck this. I'm going to go take my kid to college. He's not leaving Nima Colon. Nima Colon is Bachelor. He starts introducing Matt and he says, welcome to a new season of Bachelor. By new, I mean really new. And we're like, wait, where is he going with this? It's not white? No. In a new year, new location, and most importantly, we have a new Bachelor. His name is Matt James. He wasn't on The Bachelorette or BIP or any television show ever, which I would disagree with. I would say the Quarantine Cruise TikToks were a TV show. I But I agree with you the way DLH hit that hard. Like, in fact, he wasn't on any TV show ever. Can you believe it that we'd be so crazy as to put a non-TV star as the lead of our TV show? Yeah. <laughs> like something they did on many seasons, 12, 13 seasons. Had bachelors that hadn't been on Bachelorette before. He then says, when he met Matt James, and as the saying goes, when you know, you know. I was like, wait, what do you mean? You knew you knew what? When Matt James was cast for Claire's season, you knew this is the next Bachelor, so you were going to script his run through Claire's season? That's exactly what that means. (laughs) He says, when we first met Matt, we just knew we had to make him The Bachelor. So that means you met him through Tyler because they're buddies. And you were like, this is going to be our first Black Bachelor. So you cast him on Claire's season. You're going to script a deep run for him, just as we predicted. Then the world fucking shifts in many different directions. And they're like, fuck it. We got to move that timetable up. To me, this was also evidence that they cast the leads the season before their cast. They cast them as players and guide them through a season specifically to become the lead. I feel that this was done with Rachel Lindsay as well. I also just hate this implication here, like when you when you know, you know, as if like, oh, you know, we just didn't feel it with Mike Johnson and all these other players before. Like, they just weren't Bachelor material. Like, come on. Ugh, I'm... S- I don't know if I'm ever going to get over Mike Johnson not being Bachelor. (laughs) Or any black player for fucking 18 years. In season three, they did a little promo in the very beginning where they showed you some other guys that were in consideration to be Bachelor for that year. And there was a guy named Dane Blanton, who's an Olympic gold medalist beach volleyball player. He would have been the first black Bachelor in season three. Didn't happen, but he was in the record at least. So they've at least been aware of it. And when they always use that excuse about like, wow, we just didn't have any qualified candidates. It's like, yeah, you did. You even put one on TV. You just didn't make him Bachelor. So that's complete bullshit. I mean, whatever. The show is an entire lie. We we know that going in. (laughs) Then he says, we knew he had to be Bachelor. And so it turns out we weren't the only ones who felt that way. After announcing, we got record-breaking submissions from women who wanted to date this handsome guy. I just, I'm literally typing every word that DLH was saying in this opening speech. I just, <laughs> they they said this a few times. I think maybe Sean Lowe. Mm. And they were like, that's why we have 30 players. 
I question these numbers on the record breaking. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, publish <laughs> the numbers. A lot. <laughs> publish the numbers. And then we get this Matt James intro package. We hear his PTC that his parents got divorced. We hear that he has walls. We see him doing this photo shoot in a brown sweater. We see him skateboarding. He says he grew up in North Carolina, but now he's a commercial real estate broker in New York City. When he's not doing that, he's working with kids in the inner city, exposing them to different experiences in their neighborhood. 50% of the kids we work with are homeless, and they've never done these activities that we all take for granted. And we see a shot of some deer, and this deer was my... (laughs) Creature of the week. (laughs) This deer was also my... Creature of the week. There's no other creatures. Congratulations, dear. He's flying over Nemecolon. Already, he's getting a much more extravagant experience than Claire Ortasia got. And it's letting us, the audience, see that we're not going to be trapped in a fucking conference room dressed up like a medieval castle and then the next day it's a wrestling mat and then the next day it's clay penises we're gonna get like some version of the real bachelor experience here uh matt james pulls up to what looks like he's got his own house this place is a 100,000 times nicer than the casita that they shoved claire and tasia in her love level four resurrection couch that she has 100 million conversations on and Matt ponders on a rock in his backyard. Says he grew up with his mom, his older brother John, his dad is black, his mom is white. But it wasn't something I saw as out of the normal. My parents split before I could remember. He says, it was hard growing up in a single parent home, but my mom raised us in a Christian household and that foundation was everything for me. And this starts a huge tenet of what Matt James's character as the bachelor is going to be that he's christian and that to me this blankets him in 4trr he's like i have these values they mean i'm here for the right reason unassailable that's one of the main qualities of playing a hardcore christian game in this era that's how luke p was able to get all the way to fourth place and then crash the top three again to add himself back on after Hannah Brown kicked him off her season. (laughs) It was a strong Christianity game and we're going to see it here now. Matt James is playing it as a lead, which is going to demand the other players reflect it back to him. Or as we just saw with Tasha and Ivan get kicked off the show. If you can't play the Christian game, we see shots of Matt James playing football at wake forest where Tyler Cameron also played football. And then his mother, Patty James, is there. She made her debut earlier than I thought. Patty James is going to give Sweet Nubs uh-huh. a run for her money. I can't wait for this shit. They sit on this multicolored clown couch, and Patty, the first utterance out of her mouth, says, When do you think you were last vulnerable? You know, it's just <laughs> what moms and sons talk about. This whole fucking conversation to me was unbelievable. <laughs> Literally. So, son, when was the last time you were vulnerable? 
Is there any one thing that you fear more than everything else? She's asking these highly scripted questions. The producer just have her in there yeah. to be the feeding him lines so that he can reply back so they can get the footage they need to tell us the story about his vulnerability and blah, blah, blah. This was so stiff. I mean, the, the actors here didn't have much to work with. The script was bad, but they could not pull it off. No, I don't think I've ever seen a conversation that seemed more like the producer was behind camera telling the mom all the lines but Matt says he sets this whole thing up that you know he's got these walls because anytime it gets to that point where you might be love level fouring that is I love you that he's fallen back because he's seen what happened with her and dad and Patty's like is there one thing you fear more than anything else what's your greatest fear and he says having my heart broken And he says, look at 2020. It's just like nothing you ever plan on. It doesn't go according to plan. Everything he is saying, I keep flashing back to his COVID pool parties. I'm like, what? That COVID pool party was supposed to have like two times the amount of people that ended up showing up? Like, come on. Every time he says anything (laughs) serious or tries to seem sincere, all that runs through my mind is him fucking smashing an entire birthday cake into Tyler Cameron's unmasked face in a luxury box at the Miami Dolphins NFL stadium and then uh, cracking a beer and dumping it all over his own face while screaming. That did go according to plan, though. Perfectly. But at the end of this conversation, his mom essentially says she thinks he's ready and that this process can work. She praises the process. This is a parental praising. And then we get a bunch of workout shots of Matt as he ITMs his readiness to have a partner and start the next chapter of his life. And he says, nothing can stop me. This is a scripted line that the producers force in so that they can have this exact cut. An ITM, by the way, is an in the moment. That is a confessional interview the player does direct to camera. And this portion for me ended in Los Angeles, California on ABC with a commercial for Orbit Gum that the bachelor is co-sponsoring here and it's a kind of best of dates throughout the history of the bachelor and this one was nick vial and vanessa grimaldi in the zero g airplane where she wound up puking and i guess that fits with the orbit gum because she had bad breath or something i don't know but oh this was like the first real piece Wait, of like, they're the best dates that also have to do with mouth stuff i think yes <laughs> but that was the only one that i saw at any rate, thought it was hmm. worth mentioning. I always like to see how The Bachelor is marketing itself and what kind of commercials they are lending their footage to. I don't watch commercials. I'm a millennial. <laughs> Portion number two starts. Dark Lord Harrison is back on the red carpet. He says, now you've gotten your first look at Matt James. There's going to be drama, tears, hopefully a lot of love. And then he sets up, we're getting intros of the women. Intro number one, Alicia. She's doing ballet in the hallway. She talks about how she's striving to be perfect. A parallel to Matt James. Intro number two, Abigail Herringer. She talks about her cochlear implant. This is a loading of a PTC. While she looks for a dress and she calls Matt James grounded. Intro three, Kristen... It is both a job and a hobby intro. It's about how she is a lawyer, but she also loves to go to a rooftop bar and drink and loves a good Cardi B, Megan the Stallion song. Maggie Tariq is up number four. She's from Ethiopia, has a degree as a pharmacist, and works with children's charities. Seems very sincere, 
very smart, and maybe a little too real for Matt James. Intro five is Anna. This is a hobby intro. She is a caffeine fiend, and she also mixes in a bunch of face play during this intro. And she says, I'm totally chill about this whole situation until I start thinking and I get a rash. It's kind of going the Hannah B route. And our final player intro is Sarah Trot. She is a reporter. She loads a PTC that her dad has ALS, but he is still alive and in good spirits. And her mom takes care of him. She says that her parents are good role models and she wants what they have with Matt. Traditionally, these intros do mean something statistically we don't quite know what yet we are tabulating <laughs> these statistics we will eventually we know it out. but very often i'll just say this off the top of my head the feeling i get from these is that there are always mm-hmm. a couple of people who are inconsequential but there's always a couple of people who make it to the end so it's very likely mm-hmm. that whoever is in this first six one or two are going to go pretty far I I think that's true. I think you probably have half of the hometowns tend to have intros. That would be my guess. We haven't calculated it yet. Um, Piper gets a line in here, says that diversity, seeing yourself represented on screen as a person of color, you don't always get that. Um, I did like that we are hearing a lot of the different women talk about diversity. And the women all line up in their dresses they're leaving some building someone yells game time ladies and we see that there's going to be a football player taught who ends up being cassandra game time indeed when we come back from commercial matt james is shirtless as he gets into the tuxedo and he itms that he's finally allowing himself to feel the emotions he's been repressing his entire life he tells the limo driver I appreciate you as he gets into the limo. A sign of respect. Mm-hmm. And then we have DLH at the mansion. <laughs> DLH is Dark Lord Harrison, a.k.a. Chris Harrison, a.k.a. the show's host. A.k.a. the father of lies, a.k.a. the devil incarnate. <laughs> Great explanation. Matt James's limo pulls up. James gets out in his tuxedo. He takes a deep breath and walks towards DLH. They have a conversation standing in the middle of this giant red carpet that covers the stairs like fresh blood. DLH can't help himself. Damn, you're (laughs) tall, he says. They laugh, and James says it's finally feeling real to him now. He intended to go on The Bachelorette, but this seems better to him because he says he will be able to bond with the women over the fact that none of them have done this before. Does he not understand how the game works? One of the most powerful things a lead has is the ability to end any kind of tears or turmoil that is caused by the game itself, by the structure of it. Once you start getting into later rounds of the game, players are going to come up to you and say, I can't do this. Dating you with all these other people is too hard. The structure of the game is weighing down on me. And any lead who has already played can simply say, I know how you feel. I've been there. I was there last fucking two months ago or whatever when I was on The Bachelorette. He does Mm -hmm. not have that ability. So any sadness they have, any kind of complaint they have, he will have to fully indulge 100%. Even if these things come because the producers are setting them up. He cannot rely on his past experience of having gone through the same shit to be like, I know what it's like. He's fucked in that regard, Mm -hmm. I think. 
I know. I don't think... Like, I think he's trying to say, this is why it's actually good that I haven't been on the show before. But you're right. He's not going to be able to relate to them. He's like, we're going through the same thing. It's like, no, you're not. Not at all. <laughs> I'm dating 30 people. You're dating one. And these players are fucking stone cold, some of them. Like, I look, I'm just going to say this. Maybe it's wishful thinking. I saw a little bit of pee-pee in Matt James tonight. He might be getting whipped back. Wait, what is forth. the wishful thinking part of that? <laughs> That he's going to get destroyed by the show? That's the wishful thinking? I I don't even know if I can say this, but it's true. I think PP season has become my favorite season of all time. I've said it. It's out there. You know, feel free to debate me, but... Um, because of the play. Because of the play. And I think you can only get play that strong if you have a bachelor. Because of the Hoojus. The Hoojus. The Slussian protocol is developed <sighs> in this season. Madison Pruitt's fucking good girl play was un- we've never seen anything like that we've never seen anything like no. everything Victoria Fuller the fucking tears game like there was high high level play going on it elevated the bar to where we are now and I think these players are going to be good enough to do the same kind of shit if he has a little pee pee in him and I think he does you're going on the record right now saying MJ has a little pee pee in him yes <laughs> well maybe he'll date three of them we'll see postseason next matt james says to dark lord harrison hey before we start this is my first time i'd love to ask you a few things first and dlh is like oh okay step into my chateau they make this seem like this is matt james's idea the fireside chat with dark lord harrison that happens every season okay it was strange it's in some way the show kind of negating responsibility for forcing a conversation about his race. It's showing us the yes, audience. Exactly. It's his idea. He wants to talk about this. It's also like presenting Matt James as very like thoughtful and for TRR kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the whole thing is fucking set up. At least make it look like they're pulling up a chair or something rather than these two elaborately staged chairs by the fire. I mean, oh my God, I lost my mind at this. <laughs> <sighs> and then they have this talk and Dark Lord Harrison's like, I sense you're nervous. Matt's like, I've thought about this for a long time. Once you see that red carpet, I want to get your take on what to expect. Dark Lord Harrison says, well, it's a phenomenal chance you're going to meet the woman of your dreams and get engaged. That is true that the engagement part does have a high chance. He jokes, there's going to be times when you want to choke me out. Dark Lord Harrison is making a choking joke. I just... He is not the person to be having this conversation with Matt James at all. He is horrible at it. Oh my god. I can't even... Each line of this. He's, uh, Dark Lord Harrison says... If you're not emotional about this, then you're probably not doing it right. Matt says, another thing I wanted to talk about is the pressure I put on myself being the first Black Bachelor. And DLH says, in what way? This entire conversation is written by producers. (sighs) But look, as unbelievable as it is, the treatment of it is poor. It still is on TV. People who have never seen a Black Bachelor are watching him say these things. That is very fucking important. And yes... Again, it may be presented to people like us who have a fucking, you know, 
harsh scrutiny of this show and who have watched every fucking episode and really see the intricacies of how the media is made most people don't and i think most people are taking it at face value and that's a very good thing i feel like ultimately you know not that I'm defending anything that the producers are doing here, but... No, totally. You're saying I should be grateful for the conversation. I even got to see a conversation. I, I see what you're saying. I'm not saying be grateful that you even got to see one. I'm saying that I think the effect of it was overall good. And like, yes, we can complain about it. Yeah. But the, the average viewer, I think, who sees that, I think it's having the proper impact. No, you're definitely right. Um, it is a net positive. Uh, Matt says, you've got people who have certain views, old school views on what a relationship looks like, people cheering for you to find love, people cheering for you to end up with a person of a specific race. I don't want to piss off black people. I don't want to piss off white people. Dark Lord Harrison says, that's a lot to carry. You know, if you come out of this with joy, peace, love, and an amazing woman, hey, have you ever been in love? Also, the fact that he tells him, you got to come out of this with joy, peace, and love. It's like, motherfucker, you're about to literally break him down in every way possible to try and force him to have a nervous breakdown on television. Joy, peace, and love are not a part of the program for producers. They want to destroy you. Love and light, baby. It's fucking real Just this is the father of lies part that I'm talking about. This guy just sits there and lies uh-huh. to all of their fucking faces all day long. I do think he believes what he is saying in terms of like he does think he is the grandfather grandfather of all of these relationships i think he does believe in the love to some extent matt says i thought i'd been in love the older i get my thoughts and views on love change and grow up in a perfect situation things my mom dealt with um anytime i've gotten close with a woman should i say i love you i feel myself backing up he's saying he has these walls he says letting my guard down letting my wall he, he literally says wall here letting my wall down i've been running from it for a long time and i'm done running i'm gonna let those walls down and then they stand from their velvety thrones to head out into the night and dlh slaps him on the knee kind of hard come on let's go out there and this is the first kind of act of physical aggression that dlh makes against matt james but it will not be the last by the way, Matt, James's eyes are pretty glossy this entire time. Kind of like he's on the verge of tears, which I feel like is giving him a nice 4TRR glow. You're glowing, Matt James. <laughs> I can't help it. Bachelor Clue said to me, we're 26 minutes in. It's already the best thing I've seen in my life. The rest could be Orbit's commercials and I'd be fine. <laughs> was true (laughs) at this point we'd seen so much shit already that it was like first black bachelor having open fucking dialogue about being the first black bachelor being biracial what that's like what he's looking for that he has this pressure about like wanting to please everybody and knowing that that's not going to be the case all of that shit fucking immediately is unlike anything we've ever seen on top of that yeah we have what katie thurston did on top of that, we have DLH doing all this weird shit. On top of that, we have... It's a giant fucking castle in the middle of the woods, and they're flying him in in a fucking airplane. Like, this shit's fucking blowing my mind. It's blowing my fucking mind. When we come back, uh, the Dark Lord and Matt James are standing on that beautiful giant red carpet, and DLH shakes him by the fucking shoulders. Another act of this physical dominance. 
I really feel like DLH is threatened by his height. When he first saw him, yeah. damn, you're totally. tall. Then he slaps him on the leg. Then he shakes him by the shoulders. I'm the one in control here. I don't think DLH likes all the short jokes on the internet right now. Is that happening right now? <laughs> Someone posted a thing that was like, this is Matt James and Dark Lord Harrison. And it was... I want to say it was Danny DeVito and The Rock. Oh my God. I can't wait to see Something similar. And he he commented on it. I have not looked at my phone, nor will I until this is edited. So I have something to look forward to. <laughs> then DLH and Matt James shake hands. This is traditional for all leads. This is the deal being sealed. I have your soul. I will give you fame. That's what that handshake represents. And then the limos begin. Dark Lord Harrison said, you said you've never been in love. My job is to change that. And the limo exits begin. And other than that first cold open, the structure of this night one is exactly similar to every night one for the past six or seven seasons. Our first limo exit, the alpha limo exit, was Brie. She says i've heard so much about you everyone speaks so highly of you i'm here for this opportunity to get to know you blandy and then we have a whole bunch of blandies we're just going to hit the ones that were not blandy sarah trot comes out she's a third limo exit holds his hand and forces them to both take a kind of moment to let the experience wash over them this to me was an it takes two even though it was a little hazy it's operating in a gray area between yeah. blandy and it takes two but I gave it to her. Yeah, I would say it's It Takes Two. I feel like Sarah Trot has seen this game. This was literally what Hannah Godwin did on her mini date with Colton. We've seen many limo exits where they just do a deep breath. Let's be in the moment. Then we get a string of some other Blandies here, but they're kind of interesting Blandies, I have to say. Chelsea Vaughn and... Mari Pepin, both in positions five and six, performed Blandies, but they did something a little unique in it. Chelsea Vaughn says, I know you're the first Black Bachelor and you're making history, but I'm here to get to know you, so I hope we can make history together. It's a little turn of a phrase. Love that. It's not quite a standy, but it is something that's a little pre-prepared, and Mari Pepin does the same thing in position number six. She said, love makes the world go round, and even though we can't travel the world, I'm hoping we can see the world together. Technically a blandy, but again, she's reiterating this word world in an attempt to turn it into something. So even the players doing blandies here are like inching towards standies. We're going to see a time in the very near future where all players are at least doing a standee, I feel like. I mean, especially when you have the women quarantining for, I'm guessing, a couple weeks before this, maybe not four tests. Is that what Serena said? Mm -hmm. If you're not preparing anything, that that's the thing. A lot of these blandies seem almost scripted. They probably are loosely scripted. We get our first Kringle. Carolyn said she was really nervous, so her mom sent her lavender from her garden. Figured I could give you some as a good luck charm. Kristen pulls a standee in 10th position <laughs> by saying the verdict is in and you've been found guilty of being incredibly fine. This is a repeat play of a few other players in the past who have done exactly similar lines. Riley did it this this last season. <laughs> I don't know if this is just a mainstay now. There's going to be one player per season who does this. You've been found guilty of being a He's a lawyer and says this line. But that is what she did. 
I know when Riley did it, we did a thing where we were like, oh, he did the exact same line as someone else. I can't even remember who it was at this point, but it's a passed along tradition of lawyers. Anna Redman does a standy Kringle. She says to Matt, I got you a little survival kit. There's a little stress ball. There's some red flags. Girls might give you a red flag or two. Stick them in their hair. Creative. Would have been great if it would have happened. Didn't. But a good limo exit nonetheless. Then 12th position, Kayla drives up in a pickup truck and she takes James over to the truck after she emerges from it and uses this moment to perform an instant mini date as they walk around the truck looking at it together. This is, to my knowledge, a first in history. Grandy or grand entrance to mini date transition. Fantastic high level move. We've seen players who use grandies use them in their mini dates later. Like Becca Martinez did a grandie in a red car and then sat with Ari in that car during their mini date later. But we've never seen it during the limo exit portion. Absolutely first. Serena C. (laughs) Does a fake trip standy says it's already been five seconds and i'm already tripping off you what the hell i mean there's no way that this trip was real absolutely not perfectly performed and we've seen we've seen women do fake trips before she sold it though i thought it looked pretty real i mean i know it's not but i think she did a good job (laughs) serena p then performs a standy she brings a step stool to get on his level alicia comes in with another strong standy ballet dancing all the way then sonny comes in she does a taut standy she says i think you're the greatest of all time i hope you'll also think i'm the goat and reveals that she has fake shoes that are like goat hooves we've seen a shoe top before we've seen sneakers but this was this was original I absolutely loved this play because the shoes can be concealed if necessary. You have on a long dress, but when you expose them, it does a few things. It's comical. Of course, they're probably more comfortable than high heels or whatever else she might have been wearing, and it's vaguely satanic. All three of those things get points for <laughs> Ilana does an It Takes Two Kringle where she has Matt eat spaghetti lady in the tramp style food play and then gets the first kiss out of this and it takes two is a limo exit in which the player requires participation from the bachelor to complete the act and a kringle is when a player gives a gift to the bachelor so she has done both here in the gift of spaghetti and the forced participation in the eating of it (laughs) like lady in the tramp this is a combo that is a standy kringle. She also, after this, says, it was playful, it was cute, it was a ra- way to break the ice. And we also get a shot right here of the other women watching from a circular window high in the rafters of Nima Colon in this castle. And I am excited by all of this. This is finally a place in the house where the women who are watching Lumex, it's, it's well lit. You can see their faces. Usually when they do it in the mansion, they're all smashed up against a fucking window. It's dark. You can barely see anything. They're, you could just hear somebody going like, oh my God, I can't believe. Who is that? Who's getting a limo? She's riding it on a camel. You don't know what the fuck's going on. This is beautiful. Do every season at Nima Colon, please. It's a little early to say that. <laughs> Next up, we get... 
A Tot Grandy by Kaylee. This is a tot is a trick or treat. A grandy is a grand entrance where you're entering not in a limo. And a trick or treat is dressing up in a costume. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, of course. Of course, what I said was nonsensical. And uh, she approaches Matt James. She's wearing lingerie. She has a couple dress options for him to pick from. We have seen a standy tot in lingerie before. Brittany Fetkin, who was a night one girl on Chris Souls's 19th season, she was the WWE diva in training, came in with in white lingerie with a Souls mate sign. Um, but Kaylee does a new take on this, says, I've been sitting in my hotel room all day trying to figure out what to wear, realized I didn't know anything about you, wanted your opinion. He picks out a dress. The women are watching from their <laughs> peephole <laughs> window, and they're like, that's ballsy. That's one word for it. She's literally in a bra and underwear. The claws come out. The claws come out is a phrase they say often on the drama reel on the women's hall and then in 19th position abigail herringer performs a blandy but it is a noteworthy blandy because she plays a ptc that she's deaf and she's going to have to be reading his lips a lot that night we get a bunch of blandies then we get a standy by piper she says my dad always wanted my sisters and i to keep my last name which is james so i'm very happy meeting you And then in the 25th position, MJ shows up in a pizza delivery car, gets out, but the door is locked and she has to humble herself by going back around to the driver's side so she gets the pizza out. She says, I know it's cheesy, but the fastest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. This is a grandy standy Kringle. She comes in not in the limo. She delivers a joke with the pizza and she gives him the pizza. This is a triple combo, hard to pull off, extremely rare, and of course requires producer help to get that pizza delivery car. And then at position 26, we get Katie Thurston's limo exit again. She says, you look really good. He says, you look incredible. She says, I brought something from home that's really special to me and I thought I'd share it with you. You know, this pandemic was really hard for me, social distancing, being alone, and this just really got me through a lot, and I was hoping to pass the torch to you. Pulls out her vibrator. This is a standee using prop comedy. Then, she says, after seeing how you look and knowing the fantasy suite is so far away, I actually might need it for just a little bit longer. Takes it back, says I'll see you inside, and points at him with the vibrator. And this limo exit was my play, 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 play of the game. We've seen, what, hundreds of limo exits? Clues and I have seen every limo exit from The Bachelor ever the past couple months. We've seen all eight types over and over. No limo exit has encapsulated and defined being a single woman in 2020 to the extent that Katie Thurston's limo exit does. And at the same time, it's hilarious. It's delivered with excellent comedic timing. It is the 
Caitlin Bristow standy infamously telling bachelor crystals you can plow the fuck out of my field anytime but for this generation caitlin walked that line between raunchy humor and going too much and so does thurston it is perfect it is divine it's an instant beam and as relatable as it gets for much of the bachelor audience it was just truly iconic and it broke the game the game structure rather they end up beginning the episode with this it is that important i don't think i've ever given a limo exit my play of the game before you don't see it i don't think i ever have either and i'm doing it now this was also my <laughs> play, 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 play of the game It was simply the most important moment of the entire night, of this entire game. Night one is traditionally brutal. A third of the players are going to be eliminated. You have to do anything you can to stand out. And as Kit will later say, if you're not doing something bold in your limo exit, you're wasting your time. Katie understands this better than anyone, possibly. And I totally agree with you. This is an evolution of Caitlin Bristow's limo exit. She picked one of the most successful mm-hmm. crowns of all time and said, I'm going to do what she did. And I think she's even going to follow her play style throughout the season. This shit was just unbelievable. She does. To me. She does at the cocktail party, does more Caitlin Bristow-esque moves, which we'll get to. But she even in her ITM after the limo exit, immediately at the tail of it, she ITMs that she strategized and some girls are going to lose their minds because they didn't plan ahead. This is a little bit of a double entendre here. She's talking about some of these other girls didn't bring a vibrator with them, so they're going to lose their minds because they didn't plan to pack something they're going to need. But the flip side of this also means they're going to lose their minds because they didn't strategize in the game. They didn't plan what their limo exits are going to be, and she fucking did. And the plan works perfectly. They have to black box the no. dildo. It's unfucking believable. <laughs> also, Matt James is laughing so hard, says, pulled out a freaking lightsaber. And then it doesn't even end there. She goes into the house with it, sets it on the table, and we get these shots of the other players telling her she should nickname it. It's starting to get a life of its own. Yeah. It's becoming a creature of the week. Yeah, she says we are. Serena, I think, names it and says we should name it MJ. And the player named MJ is just like, well, you know, it's an iconic name. It deserves it. I like that subtle chill move by MJ being like, yep, this will actually help my name recognition. Brilliant. But it was a fantastic play. Congratulations to Katie Thurston. We know that that took some work. We know that that took at least some uncomfortable conversations with a few producers to see if you would even be allowed to do this. (laughs) And you pulled it off flawlessly. Really fantastic. Then we got a weird 27 slot. Amber Lynn comes in on a two-seater bike for about half a second. They just cut that in and cut that out. It's a grandy that is wasted. No. Then Kimberly emerges from the limo in the 28th position and throws a big fake fish at him, asking him if he can catch. He drops the fish. The whole thing falls flat, but this is, and it takes two... 29th cassandra does a taut standy says i know you're probably nervous because there's a million people in the stands but you don't have to worry because you've got your number one fan she's wearing a football jersey she turns the jersey around it says james on the back 
Then in position 30, Ilana performs an It Takes Two Standy Kringle triple combo by asking him a question. The question is, can I put my balls in your mouth? Then she feeds him her meatballs. We've seen other play like this where players will ask, hey, do you want to see my pussy? And then reveal a picture of their hairless cat. Katrina Badowski, PP season. These kind of sexual pun plays have a rich history in our beloved game. 31st, we get Kit Keenan. She performs a grandy standy. She arrives in a Bentley. She says, I thought the limo was giving me a little of a rideshare vibe. It's night one. Let me at least order my own car. I hated this line. Oh, the limo was giving me a little of a poor person vibe. Like, I guess she's going for the Bennett rich asshole grandy. And, you know, I think she's going to get away with it, but I did not like that. And here's where she says, I think you're not, if you're not going big with your entrance, then you're definitely wasting your time. I love being the center of attention, and I feel like I set the gold standard with the Bentley. And she is absolutely right here. Your limo exit is your one time that you still have some control, some agency in the game. You have to use this time to make a big impression. You simply have to. Speaking of big impressions, our 32nd position is the final position on this night one. It belongs to Victoria. She comes in in a giant throne being carried by four human men and she introduces herself as Queen Victoria as she wears a tiara and she puts a literal crown on Matt's head and then she falls down while she's walking in the tiara holding her scepter as she is going into the mansion. This is an ultra rare quad combo. It is the grand entrance of coming in on this throne not in a limo. It is the kringle of giving Matt James a crown It is a standee of the line she uses about a queen looking for her king. And it is a tot because she is dressed as a queen herself. It's a blitzkrieg of limo exits. This is maybe the most you can get into one. And she's done it. No, I would do... I would do the rare combo we haven't seen where you do all of them except Blandy. Um, But she also gets in here in IFI, an illness, fear, or injury play by tripping... And this was also the Omega limo exit, last limo exit, or so we think. And then the players are all in the giant opulent living room of Nima Colon. This is not La Quinta, I'll say again, and it just feels so good to me. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I cannot reiterate enough how not La Quinta this is. And we see Victoria as she enters, calling herself Queen Victoria. The other women are not very into it. And Kit ITMs, you can be the queen of your little thing, but now I'm the president, king, and CEO. We get that there might be a rivalry brewing here. The producers are tantalizing us with that. And of course, Katie shines immediately in this moment where she does an impromptu deliverance of tings. Tings, by the way, are what Dark Lord Harrison does when he comes in at the end of standard play of every night one and puts a knife to glass ding 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 it ends every cocktail party and they go to rose ceremony so here katie takes that role over as the host doing an impromptu series of tings but using her vibrator instead of a knife she is bringing mj the vibrator to the glass ding 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 dildo to glass (laughs) 
<laughs> and then she makes a joke about it being a long, hard night. But remember to have fun. Cheers to Matt and making new friends. Uh, astounding. Astounding play. At this point, I am only becoming more convinced that she's the greatest player we've ever fucking seen. <laughs> I couldn't believe she did the things with MJ. I was like, Patrick is going to freak the fuck out. And then she does this toast, waving the vibrator around. And it's, again, mimicking Caitlin Bristow's night one. Caitlin Bristow, she didn't do her own toast, She, but she did jam herself into Chris Souls's inauguration toast, and she made a bunch of jokes. Katie is doing the level up above that. She's doing her own toast. This toast plays to, I mean, pretty much it'll end up playing to all four audiences, but it's definitely audiences two through four. Audience one is The Bachelor. Audience two is the other players. Audience three is the producers. And audience four is Bachelor Nation. And this play, I mean... This is up there again for my plays of the game, and I've never done that with a toast before. Um, It's essentially her bachelorette inauguration speech, a demonstration of what that would look like. And it's playing to the other players. She's making them more at ease. It's playing to the producer. She's like, look, I'm going to do fun shit. And playing to Bachelor Nation because I loved it. I am Bachelor Nation. I'm a part of it. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I thought when I saw it, that this is a four audience play and those are extremely rare. It's extremely rare to see a player who can kind of carry a four audience game through an entire season. I think she might be able to do it. I don't know how far she's going to go, but at this moment I was convinced we were witnessing greatness. At the next portion, the women all talk about how great Matt James is. Dark Lord Harrison introduces the, idea of the fimp rose the first impression rose and matt says he's nervous he's feeling the pressure to impress everyone his heart's pounding out of his chest then he comes inside to the women chanting matt and sarah trot is given the honor of first responder this is the role played by a player who is given an extra drink by the producers to then hand to the bachelor when he walks in The producers must select this person. I think players can negotiate for it potentially, but they have clearly chosen Sarah Trott as this player. She gives him his drink. He takes it in hand. And then we get a scene that the (laughs) producers have used in promos all this week, which is Matt James delivering his inauguration speech. And it begins with a prayer and not just any prayer, but a prayer to the heavenly father. This is the Christian God. And he demands that all their players bow their heads in prayer as he prays over them. We talk a lot on the show about how we are in the Christian era. We saw it last season with Ivan being dismissed for his lack of Christian beliefs. We saw it in Hannah Brown's season of Bachelorette when Luke P obviously did what he did using Christianity as part of his play style. We saw Hannah Brown saying Jesus still loves me even though I had sex in a windmill. Even on PP season, we saw Madison Pruitt playing a hard Christian game to back up her good girl strategy. And Hannah Sluss did a family prayer in her intro package that season. And now we see it for the first time as the thing that will put the tone on the entire season. This is how it's beginning with a mandatory prayer by all players led by the lead. 
We've never seen this before in the history of the game. We have not, and they, you know, they put it all in here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all together. Healthy, give these women the courage to get through these next few months. You say you work all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose, Father God. And I feel like that's why I'm here. I feel like that's why these women are here. Lord, bless this time we have together. Father, in your holy name I pray, amen. The women cheer, amen. Rachel starts crying. (laughs) It's a fantastic play. It was. So whether you're Christian or not, it is a good idea to have at least a little base knowledge of the religion, some of the texts, so that you might be able to quote your own scripture back to him on a mini date or at some quiet moment on a one-on-one. Matt continues and says, anytime he's nervous, he's constantly shooting up prayers to make himself at ease. He's playing this hard 4TRR lead game. Um just as you are all experiencing this for the first time, I'm experiencing this for the first time with you. And I, I don't know. I'm just like saying that's putting himself at ease. And I was like, but he's probably put making other people not at ease by making them pray. I don't know. The, this was a bizarre, bizarre inauguration speech. Um, he says, I'm struggling with what I'm going to say be vulnerable I pledge to lead the charge in terms of putting myself in y'all's shoes and being vulnerable my experiences with my family my mom's white my dad's black seeing everything that comes with that is beautiful and I'm excited to explore that all with you I saw the vibrator and I lost my train of thought (laughs) right after the prayer everyone laughs Matt James you're not the star Katie is the star Katie and her MJ her vibrator took down our Lord and Savior. It was such a bit of subtle play, too. She didn't do anything. She just left the vibrator <laughs> on the fucking table. She just put it within his view. It was, I thought, brilliant because it undercuts the seriousness of it. It gets him laughing. And like you're saying, it turns the attention right back to her. She's still the star of the show. Um, he says, he's had a lot of time to reflect over quarantine. Why am I not spending this time with my significant other? I think it's because I'm thinking I have to be this perfect person. He's literally, like, crafted this character for himself that is so similar to Hannah Brown, that he's heavily Christian and that he's obsessed with perfection. That was Hannah Brown's whole thing. She was like, I just feel like I have to be perfect all the time. She has to let down those walls with Colton. And Sarah Trot secures her first responder position. She grabs Matt James first. Meanwhile, Rachel cries again to the other girls and said and said that like rocked me she's struck by love at first sight with that inauguration speech because of the prayer i believe it should also be noted that abc literally used that clip as promotion for the product they make that is the bachelor which is designed to sell us all goods and services you watch it you see a commercial for crust you buy the white strips whatever the thing may be so the show is literally using Christianity as a marketing tool here. They are trying to appeal to a very specific part of the Bachelor watching audience with that. Well, they get me with the vibrator. They get a bunch of other people with the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Something for everybody. <laughs> Something, you know, it's like a oh, like a family movie where they put in some jokes for the adults. <laughs> 
3 also says he used this time for us all to pray, which I thought was very genuine. And Rachel in her ITM says, I had a feeling that I was going to be like infatuated with him. But the fact that he opened that up with a prayer just like struck a nerve with me. I didn't expect to feel this so soon. She's loading love level one in her ITM. Love level one is I like you. I have feelings. I have butterflies. Sarah trots on her mini date. She has fully isolated Matt, which is something that we recommend all players do on their one-on-one time which is where you take them as far away as possible from all the other players so that it's hard to steal. It's also one of the benefits of being a first responder is that you tend to get the most time because no one is used to it yet. No one wants to be the first stealer. Nobody has broken the steel seal. Steel seal. (laughs) Kristen on her mini date says, I'm really here for you. You are the first Black Bachelor and I think that's so incredible. How do you feel about that? He says, it's a load of responsibility. My experience isn't everyone's experience. Sydney tells Matt that his opening speech, she says, I mean, I'm not going to cry. I hate being vulnerable in front of people, but that was like very, very powerful. She's setting up these walls and suggesting that Matt James might be the one to break them down. Rachel has a mini date with him, says, I was so unsure about this whole thing when they first reached out to me. I was like, I don't know. I didn't know how I'd like deal with the whole thing. I love this humble brag here. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I didn't apply for the show. I was recruited. <laughs> um, she says, I just love the fact that you haven't been through this before. We're going through the whole thing for the first time. Getting to know you for you. And you open with a prayer and I really like that. It hit something in my soul. We are on the same page with everything, implying she's heavily Christian as well. And she also says being vulnerable is pretty much impossible for me. Sets up parallel walls. I've always had a guard up. Every time I let it down, it's never worked out, and it's scary. Matt says, it's a liberating feeling when you can be yourself. Right in that moment, I expected him to pull out a birthday cake and smash it in her face. (laughs) Didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) and we get our first steal serena p steals from rachel and then serena p takes him out front onto the steps of nema colon where the producers have set up a little chess game for them with oversized pieces on a little chess mat now i don't know if the producers at this moment were all watching queen's gambit back in their hotel rooms but it seemed weird to me that chess was involved in this in any way and of course they don't actually play chess matt james just moves a queen in an irrational direction and then they have some laughs, laughs and talk about something else I, I guess kayla starts a little colorful narrator bit here she describes matt james as a five course meal she's like you know how you say someone looks like a snack he's an appetizer he's the gazpacho he's the first entree I like that And this is something that all players should take note of because they always do a little reel that bumpers between all the women getting there and Matt James coming in where it's all the women talking about how hot he is, how they can't believe how handsome he is, et cetera, et cetera. This should have been a part of that reel, but she elevated it to such a level they gave it its own minute long kind of mini scene. I thought she really played this very well. Mari says it's a record number of women this year. That makes it very pressureful. She's worried about turtling. Turtling is when you don't talk to the bachelor at all during a cocktail party. But she gets a mini date. 
where she cringles Matt James a boarding pass that is a placeholder until we can actually go somewhere. Flight 143 to your heart. And on the back, she lists some fun facts about herself. I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Matt recognizes, you know, this might be a tragic story. He's like, how did your family deal with the hurricanes? And she starts saying, it's constant hurricanes, earthquakes, wondering if my grandparents are okay. And (laughs) right on cue, MJ the vibrator enters the scene. (laughs) I really felt bad for Mari right here, honestly, because she did not want to play her PTC right there. Matt James draws it out of her. Well, what happened to your parents? She's just mm-hmm. like, I'm from Puerto Rico. And he's like, tell me about the bad shit. And she's like, fuck, okay, I guess I got to play my PTC now. It's a wasted PTC, obviously. So she tells it. I think she'll have I think she'll have more details to come later. I, but she's going to have to re-hit it. There's not going to be like yeah. a new PTC to go with this. It's just going to be deeper information about this one. So she's already blown her PTC a little bit. And now a fucking MJ the Vibrator's tapping her on the fucking shoulder, which, by the way, is done by the producers. Yes, Katie is actually doing the action, but the producers have done the timing. They waited right until Mari was in the worst part of that fucking story, and they're like, go, Katie. Go in there with fucking MJ the Vibrator. I, I don't... I didn't have an error this game, but if I would have, it yeah. would have been this. I do think Katie has done enough with the Vibrator at this point to have put it away (laughs) because now she's running the risk of being the vibrator girl prior to this it was like the girl with the vibrator now it's like the vibrator girl you're kind of crossing into that area of parroting yourself by doing it one too many times and certainly although she Mm -hmm. didn't know what this conversation was about she kind of butts into a very serious conversation and it makes her appear a little insensitive again not her fault the producers have set all this up for her but she could have chosen not to go in there with the vibrator this time. Yeah, I think the ideal scenario would be she comes in with something a little bit more serious to be like, I'm an actual contender. MJ, the person, you uses this situation to use her to create a steel line, says, MJ number one wants to step in. I like that on the fly improv steel line. Katie in her ITM says it was never on my bucket list to boop a pageant queen on the shoulder with a dildo. Am I happy about it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I don't give a shit how far she goes this season. I mean, I hope it's very far, but fuck, she's funny. And she understands that she's playing a game too. And she's kind of setting up this idea of I'm a normal person. She's a pageant queen and I'm going to be okay Mm -hmm kind of sparring with somebody from that world yeah mari definitely doesn't let it roll off her shoulder she starts bitching about it she's like she touched me with the vibrator to a bunch of people katie says it was social distancing don't worry it was clean she says in her itm mari would definitely benefit from using my vibrator and if she's my roommate i will absolutely let her borrow it then she goes into the bathroom are they implying here that she's jerking off in the bathroom yes they certainly are (laughs) what an implication Kayla continues the mini date that she started during her limo exit and does a sweet tea toast with Matt in the back of the pickup truck and says let's toast to our North Carolina roots grounding us but bringing us together on this very special journey 
Kayla is hitting that North Carolina roots thing hard. She got her money's worth out of that car. <laughs> and then there's just a quick montage of Chelsea's one-on-one time, some other players' one-on-one time. Kit does a steal from Piper and Kringle's Matt James a snow globe to remind them of New York City. But she didn't isolate during her mini date. She's right on the front steps and she gets immediately stolen from by Queen Victoria. And Victoria uses a line here. Move over, princess. The queen is here. And this line is going to start, I believe, the rivalry. We're kicking it up a notch now. And Kit ITMs, okay, I see what this is going to be. Implying that she understands that as well. But I don't think she quite gets it. The producers are forcing this on both of them. And I think Kit is going to fall prey to this. I think we may see a two-on-one with Kit and Victoria in the next two to three weeks. Victoria seems like she might be a little drunk. Matt James has to explain this metaphor about drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> and she says, I'm the best fire hose, so I'll make a great drink for you. And <laughs> the explanation is not translated. And it's like in that moment, you know Matt James has no fucking interest in her whatsoever. You know that. Yeah. And then, of course, we see the rose ceremony. We'll get, we'll get to that. Once we get to the rose ceremony, we'll explain how... The producers are selecting all of these players. Queen Victoria starts yelling at Amber that she shouldn't turtle. I mean, she is right. And Victoria is starting to think about doing a double steal when DLH enters the room with the FIMP. The first impression rose on a little tray, and he leaves it on the table for everyone to see, and all the women react, ooing and aahing. Now there it is, the symbol of victory for this night. Serena P., nudges Queen Victoria to steal again. Little subtle move by Serena. And indeed she does steal again. And in her next one-on-one time, Victoria cringles Matt James with a bracelet. So (laughs) did she have the bracelet? Was she planning on doing multiple steals or was it just something she forgot to do the first time? Or was it a bracelet she made in the interim? (laughs) Or is it just her bracelet and she's like, fuck it, I'll give it to him. She got lost in the metaphors. Forgot her cringle. When we come back to the next portion, all the turtles are raising their hands. Who has not had time to speak with Matt James? And we see the turtles, their hands go up, and we get a quick shot of some one-on-one time with... Kaylee, they talk about Matt James's favorite animal is a panda. Bree steals from Kaylee, and they really focus on this mini-date, and... I feel like Mari is a lot more serious than I expected. And I would like to move to replace Mari in my top four with Brie. (laughs) Motion granted. (laughs) Brie says, I got out of the limo, was looking at you, don't even remember what I said. Matt's like, you were excited about taking this journey with me. She says, it's important to see diverse love stories. It's not something I saw growing up as a child. Matt says, what do you mean? She says, my mom was Persian, so she's white passing, and my dad was black. They were separated before I was born. This is a parental separation, PTC. And she says she never saw an example of what love was like because her mom was single her whole life. And Bree's very excited about this conversation. Says we could be engaged after this. It's kind of surreal. We get the mini date with Abigail. She says, I wasn't expecting to be so nervous he's not like a god or something your smile is so calming i don't know i'm shaking 
He's probably like, she cannot talk at all. She's saying all of these third person things to him. He says, you're gorgeous. How open and honest. You said your sister came through a similar experience. She says, yes, I'm super lucky. Both my sister and I are deaf. She's a year and a half older. So she paved the way for me, was vocal about telling people. So I followed in her footsteps. She was super supportive. Matt says that he didn't really remember their conversation because she was so gorgeous and it was hard to focus. She says, did you hit, see me hit the car door? He says, I was staring at your eyes. I'm glad you're here. And then he goes for the kiss. While technically Alana had a kiss during her spaghetti play, Abigail does get the first kiss initiated by The Bachelor. A huge, huge play for Abigail here. And, of course, we then cut out to the rose, the fimp on its tray, waiting to be plucked and delivered. The women are discussing the rarity of it. Katie ITMs that she expects to get the fimp, and then Matt James walks in, picks up the rose, and walks out. This is a lesson to be learned, future players. You never sit in the room where the fimp is on the tray. Because The Bachelor, 99% of the time, not always, I believe there was one season where he did give it to somebody who was sitting immediately around the fimp. Every other season, The Bachelor walks in, picks it up, and fucking walks out because the producers love that shot of all the faces falling in that room. So, if you just don't want to be on camera when the Fimp Rose is not given to you, don't be in that room. That's all you have to do. I like that, Ted. And then, of course, he gives the Fimp to Abigail. She gets the first impression rose. Now, the first impression rose is important. Absolutely. But not as important as you might think in our beloved game. I'm going to give you some quick stats. 55% of Fimp recipients have progressed to the hometown round or further. The average finish is 4.85th place, so almost in the top four every time. Great stat. Both rings and crowns have been bestowed upon FIMP recipients, and only one of the 20 honored players has gone home the following week. So in plain terms, securing the FIMP decidedly means that you're going to get a deep run, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee you a ring. For example, the only FIMP Rose recipient to get a ring is Hannah Sluss. And it doesn't always mean that you're going to get a crown. Rachel Lindsay was the only crown to receive the FIMP. On Bachelor. These are all Bachelor statistics. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Abigail here. She did get the FIMP. It means she's safe for this night, obviously, which is fantastic. But I don't think it's the BL end all. That's all I'm saying. Matt tells her it's because one of the things he challenged the women with is to be vulnerable. And you're everything I'm asking these women. You're a fighter. I thought it was only appropriate. They make out again. She says, I'm on cloud nine right now. The Turtles, led by Serena C. at this point, are all feeling defeated, and DLH enters the room to deliver a delicious quintuple ting. Ting, 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 ting. And standard play is over. That is the buzzer of our beloved game. Whatever you've done is now frozen. The rose ceremony is about to commence. Matt says... This is stressful for him that you're making eye contact with women you know you don't have a rose for. I just have to listen to my heart. <laughs> Are we hearing listen to your heart in every season now? We heard it in Bachelorette. Yes, they just they have to do it. Mary Lynn in an ITM loads love level one, says I like you. Can you like me back? And we get to the roses. First flower goes to Bree. No surprise there. She had the alpha limo exit she played the parental ptc 
bring out the first flower, which is statistically important. And of course, we use the rankings of the roses you get in rose ceremonies to determine rose quotient, which is a number derived by giving a point value to every rose, one through tonight, it was 23, and then taking those same point values over the course of the next few weeks, averaging them, and you want a number as close to zero as you can get. Any special rose, like a first impression rose, is given a zero point value. So we will know within five weeks where some of these players are sitting on their rose quotient levels. But tonight, the big question marks were towards the end, as they always are, Katie and Victoria. Those were kind of the two that we were led to believe through the course of this rose ceremony, maybe on the bubble. And indeed, Katie gets the 21st out of 23 roses, and Victoria gets the final 23rd rose. So uh, at this point, obviously, Matt James has no power over the ordering of these roses. And he even has no power over kicking someone like Victoria off, someone who he clearly is not interested in. The producers are keeping her around because they are setting up this rivalry with Kit. We also lost Cassandra, who was in my final four, so I will be replacing her as well. <laughs> who are you going to replace her with? My, okay, my new final four <laughs> yeah. is going to be Sarah Trot, Chelsea Vaughn. They remain. Bree, who I replaced Mari with. And Serena P. Interesting. All right. I'm keeping mine. All mine are still in the game, including Mari. I don't think she's going to make Final Four after seeing her first performance tonight, but fuck it. I'll let it ride. We got some tears from Imani and Alicia upon leaving. Matt James makes a little joke in his exit toast. Let's grab some champagne glasses. We're going to get our gym clothes on, and there's a half marathon. Good one, Matt James. Not quite a comedian. And they all have a end of night one cheers, and we get the promo for this upcoming season. A lot of tears. Looks like there's an ambulance. Looks like the women are going to be forced into violence upon one another in a boxing group date. There's going to be a couple players entering the game. One we haven't seen who might be immersed in scandal. And the other one, Clues fucking called it. I lost my damn mind. It was just deductive reasoning. I thought to myself, who would come back on the show who might have some kind of a prior relationship with Matt James? And I immediately went to Hannah Brown. But I was like, there's no way she's coming back on the show. Well, who does she know? Who might be in that circle of friends? And Heather Martin is in that circle of friends. And there she is. Astounding. It is incredibly astounding for her. This is potentially the highlight play of her career. <laughs> Do you think she will remain in game for a while? I think she'll have like a KCB veteran run to get a little far out of respect. But I don't think she's going to be in the top. I think Matt James like, uh... This is someone I knew before. I've leveled up now, so... Totally agree. I don't think she's going to go top four, but impressive that she's coming back at all. And then we get a little tag with DLH driving away in the truck that we saw 100 times in this episode. And that's it. That was night one. Traditionally, night ones are packed with a lot of action. That's why this episode is a little longer than normal, but... (laughs) That is why it is... 150 a.m. 
This was one of my favorite night ones that I've ever seen. Something that I noticed was in all these old seasons, I have been writing down what color dress every one is wearing and what they look like because it's hard to keep track and you're like, well, I need to mark these steals. So sometimes you don't know exactly who the player is. I knew who every single player coming out of the limo was. Speaking of leveling up. A new, like, def, certainly a new level has never happened. It's convenient. I will say that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I still don't have that skill. I'm still iffy on like 50% of them. I, well, I would love to be able to To be that. fair, you are colorblind, so I feel like I'm at an advantage. I, I have more distinction. Nonetheless, congratulations. I'm sorry. I don't want to give all my awards to one person, but Katie Thurston was my... M M M M V P My play of the game, that limo exit that changed the structure of how they presented night one. Her toast to all the women, her colorful narrator jokes and stuff throughout, the fact that she left the cocktail party to go masturbate in the middle of the episode. <laughs> We've not seen that yet. (laughs) I don't think that happened. They implied that, though. (laughs) Katie Thurston was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. She simply made this entire night one her show. Everything from the vibrator, which is historic, to the toast, to the steel with the vibrator it was just the katie thurston show and i hope that continues Mm -hmm. on into the future she had what i felt was easily the most dominant performance even other people who had decent PTCs. that's who i wanted to replace with (laughs) okay my final four is sarah trot chelsea brie rachel that's a good final four (laughs) I think Chelsea, actually, after watching tonight, is going to do very well. Better than I thought she was going to from just looking at her Instagram. But what Katie did overshadowed Abigail getting the FIMP. That is almost a side note of this night one. And usually the FIMP Rose delivery is the biggest event of a night one. This, it seemed like secondary to me, to everything Katie was doing. Yeah, it just... I mean, you guys know my goat. My goat is Caitlin Bristow. I believe she's the best player we've ever seen. Katie is playing a Caitlin Bristow-style game, and I appreciate it. And, oh, she emphasized the planning. She was like, the other women weren't prepared. And we saw, we'll get to it in Twibbon, our parasocial plays of the week, but one of them was Katie posted a screenshot of a poll she had done on Instagram before she had gone for shooting and said which dress should I wear and had people vote and then she posted it before this episode aired and said little did you all know you were voting on which dress I was going to wear on night one she plans these things out yeah she's a very high level <laughs> player who's going to go far enough I think in this to get a huge amount of Instagram followers and do whatever she wants yeah. with that So congratulations, Katie. We are so excited 
to watch the rest of your season <laughs> because I have a feeling this is not going to be the last historic play we see from Katie Thurston. You know, hopefully we get to see the rest of the season and Project Degore doesn't <laughs> cancel out our internet somehow. Dark Lord Harrison <laughs> prohibits us from watching The Bachelor from here on out. We have to get yeah, it by some dark he, means. He explodes one of those things that puts all the power out in the city block dark lord harrison controls on 24 emp now yeah yeah EMP. <laughs> I, look it's not far off i think he'll become the president within the next 10 years thank you for <laughs> joining us for put some more put some more predictions crazy predictions <laughs> at the end of this episode <laughs> 2 a.m predictions thank you for joining us on tonight's breakdown of this historic night one season 25 ladies and gentlemen is in the books we have our first black bachelor we have our first night one the journey has begun and the next 12 weeks are going to be outstanding i cannot wait to dig into this (sighs) i'm just i'm beyond excited i haven't felt this happy about getting to review the bachelor since (laughs) pp i feel like we're back to normal a little bit la quinta fell off and there was I agree. Amazing shit that happened that season, certainly, but like it never really felt real to me. It never felt like The Bachelor. This fucking feels like The Bachelor. It was broken. We were spoiled for half of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please don't send us any spoilers, guys. But do send us tids. To remain clean. Tids, good. Spoilers, bad. I love the tids. I feed on the tids. Tids keep me alive. Send your tids to at Bachelor Clues on Instagram. Tid me when you got a tid. Don't spoil me if you got a spoiler, though. So we will... Our schedule has shifted because of the Monday night episode, so we will have episodes Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday will be our game breakdowns, and Thursday will be This Week in Bachelor Nation, our Twibbon episodes. So join us this Thursday where we will cover all the Bachelor Nation news, state of the world, parasocial plays of the week and screams from the pit and before we go as always what is the dwab at it has been 6,861 days without an Asian bachelor praise be Lord Harrison please rate this podcast Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. 
And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, (laughs) and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. 
Terms and conditions apply.